are you off to? The bookshop. I just finished the most wonderful story. Beauty and the Beast's Bell sends the message that reading can set you free and make you a hero. You got anything new? <laughs> Not since yesterday. That's all right. I'll borrow this one. Belle is the ultimate bookworm hero princess. Her world is opened up by reading and knowledge rather than a prince. And she prefigured characters in this model that came after her, like Harry Potter's Hermione Granger, Tangled's Rapunzel, Ever After's Danielle, Gilmore Girl's Rory Gilmore, and to all the boys I've loved before's Laura Jean. Back in 1991, Belle from Beauty and the Beast was seen as a more free-thinking model of a Disney princess due to her interest in books and disinterest in the strapping, stereotypically manly Gaston. Belle? It's about time you got your head out of those books and paid attention to more important things. Like me. But as the 90s and 2000s wore on, Disney seemed to distance itself from Belle's princess model. They focused on characters who filled princess-like roles with more agency and less fantasy, on female characters who weren't princessy at all, or on male heroes. While the 2010s saw a Frozen-led revival of princess interest, today we're in a place where the bookworm hero style of princess still doesn't get the appreciation she deserves. Her skills like empathy, insight, and knowledge aren't as flashy in comparison to princess-type characters with superpowers or fierce warrior skills. But Belle's model of heroine is an important one that we probably need more than ever. Here's our take on Belle's version of the bookworm hero princess and why books can set us free. Matilda's strong young mind continued to grow, nurtured by the voices of all those authors who had sent their books out into the world, like ships onto the sea. If you're new here, be sure to subscribe and hit the bell to be notified about all of our new videos. In classic Disney movies like Snow White or Cinderella, one-time or future princesses tend to survive oppressive surroundings by maintaining a positive attitude and or befriending small animals around them, attempting to make the most of their fate until destiny intervenes. For with each dawn, she found new hope that someday her dreams of happiness would come true. Belle has a similarly humble background, and we see that she, like Snow White and Cinderella, is able to cope with difficult situations through both kindness and bravery. But her initial source of oppression isn't a cruel step-parent. It's the constrictions of a small town, where most of the small-minded people don't seem to understand her. At the beginning of Beauty and the Beast, the town basically sings an entire song about how strange they find her. I'm afraid she's rather odd. But Belle deals with her outsider status in a novel way. She escapes her boredom and alienation through reading. Belle, the opening musical number, is both a chance for the townspeople to explain how they feel Belle is different from them, and also an I Want song for Belle. In Disney movies, the I Want song is the moment where the main character declares their fondest desire in a song. Think of Ariel singing Part of Your World, or Snow White singing Someday My Prince Will Come. In Belle, Belle sings that There must be more than this provincial life. And it's her reading that's introduced her to different worlds and models for how people might live. In the Belle reprise, her I want is more explicitly stated. I want adventure in the great white somewhere. She wants adventure, to experience more than what her neighbors have planned, as well as someone who, for once, understands her. It might be grand to have someone understand. 
Belle's central desire is less specific than that of many of her fellow princesses. Her bookworm tendencies open up a range of possibilities that aren't present in her everyday life. Though the book she borrows from the shop owner sounds like a fairy tale, and there are obvious parallels to the adventure she will have, Belle doesn't appear to want a literal imitation of that story for her life. Reading books inspires her to open up her mind and have lots of bigger dreams. Some people use their imagination. Spending her time reading instead of socializing or pining for romance has equipped Belle with a confident, independent streak. She readily spurns Gaston's toxic masculinity, easily seeing past his good looks to his inner nature. It's not right for a woman to read. Soon she starts getting ideas and thinking. Gaston, you are positively primeval. She understands that even if everyone else in town thinks it's the pinnacle of achievement to be Gaston's wife, that's not her dream. This is the day your dreams come true. What do you know about my dreams, Gaston? All that she's vicariously experienced through reading also prepares Belle for the unexpected adventure she has with the Beast. Though Belle does eventually wind up married, wearing a beautiful dress and living in a well-appointed castle, she comes to that life through her bravery and openness. That was a very brave thing you did, my dear. We all think so. When her father is captured by the Beast, Belle sets off to rescue him, stands up to this fearsome creature, and heroically offers to trade places with her father, because she's not thinking only of herself or very specific dreams. Her exposure to different stories through reading has given her the ability to adapt, and the ability to eventually connect with someone so drastically different from her. In fact, in the opening song, the book she's reading foreshadows how she'll fall in love with a prince but only discover his real identity over time. She won't discover that it's him till chapter three. So reading this story has opened her up to this idea that love might not be at first sight, but develop over time as you get to know each other. That connection she forms with the Beast is informed by her sense of empathy and sensitivity, both attributes that are strengthened by reading literature. Belle recognizes the Beast's inner kindness and sensitivity essentially by reading him, and not judging a book by its cover. Though some modern viewers might reasonably ask whether the Beast is worth the emotional labor Belle puts into taming him and discovering his more sensitive side, that is a choice she makes based on her intuition and knowledge, not the kind of obligation that's supposed to make her swoon over Gaston. The Beast's vast, library, which he gifts to Belle, you like it. It's wonderful. Then it's yours. Represents how reading can expand your mind, even if you're not able to travel the world. Look at all the different avenues of knowledge that open up to Belle because of her willingness to look closer and not absorb the more surface-based observations of her fellow townspeople. Gaston, may I have my book, please? How can you read this? There's no pictures. Beyond her everyday bravery and the more subtle and sometimes introverted qualities of curiosity and empathy, Belle is also a Disney princess who doesn't have to prove herself on the battlefield or do things the way a man might do them just to be worthy of equal personhood. That's also true of Cinderella and Snow White, who model traditionally feminine strengths like resourcefulness, kindness, imagination, and perseverance. If you'd lost all your faith, I couldn't be here. And here I am. <gasps> But through their nurturing relationships with animals, those older princesses are also coded as mother figures in a way that Belle isn't. Belle is essentially positioned as an indoor kid, and not one who uses her introverted power strictly to cook and clean for others. And while there's nothing wrong with cooking or cleaning, of course, it's also healthy for kids to see different models of emotional and psychological healthiness that don't involve either gentle subservience or charging into the physical conflict of battle. Belle shows that there doesn't have to be a binary choice between adventure and staying 
home. Come to return the book I borrowed. Finished already? Oh, I couldn't put it down. Some of this nuanced depiction of the power of reading is actually lost in the 2017 live-action Disney remake. A magic book possessed by the Beast is a key to Belle discovering a piece of her family backstory, letting her momentarily travel back to a moment in her family history. Think of the one place you've always wanted to see. I'll find it in your mind's eye. So a book drives forward the plot in a more literal way, but the narrative is less effective at illustrating how reading is the key to her character development, a superpower that's opened her up to experiences outside of her upbringing. If you're looking to expand your mind, learning a new language is the best way to do that, and Babbel is the best language learning app to use. I don't know about you, but in the past, I've been intimidated by the idea of trying to learn a new language. Even if you took a second language in school, you may not have totally gotten the hang of it or have lost a lot of the skills since. But Babbel makes it easy and stress-free to try your hand at one of their 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. It's unbelievably fun, and I love that the lessons are bite-sized at only 15 minutes, and that Babbel gives me access to podcasts, games, videos, and stories I actually look forward to. I can use Babbel when I'm on the go and easily fit it into my day. And it really works. Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts, and their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. Plus, Babbel comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Right now, save up to 60% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash the take. That's babbel.com slash the take for up to 60% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. In the early 90s when Beauty and the Beast was released, Disney was clearly attempting to offer new and different models for their fairy tale princesses. It started in 1989 when The Little Mermaid introduced Ariel, a princess character who was still looking for a handsome prince, but was more active and headstrong in pursuing her goals than past princesses. Daddy, I love him! who often depended on a more passive form of kindness. And a year after Beauty and the Beast, Disney released Aladdin, where Princess Jasmine chafes against the expectation that she must marry a man who will become sultan of her country. The law says you must, must be, be married, married to, to a, a prince, prince by your next birthday. The law is wrong. Jasmine doesn't actively desire the sultan job as she does in the 2019 remake, but she still wants the freedom to marry for love and not be subjugated by her kingdom's rules. If I do marry, I want it to be for love. Belle's and Jasmine's poised self-assurance, their non-conformity, and their intellectual ability to see a bigger picture than what's presented by their society made them feel more progressive than some of their predecessors. But as the decade wore on, an updated princess like Belle or Jasmine no longer seemed quite so revolutionary, and subsequent Disney movies tried to leave princesses behind entirely. Mulan and Pocahontas had stronger historical connections and weren't technically princesses. Pocahontas was the daughter of a chief, while Mulan wasn't a princess at all. And Disney animation in the 2000s had relatively few human women as lead characters in general, with the exception of the decidedly non-princessy Lilo from Lilo and Stitch. Yet while the Disney princess pipeline seemed to run dry, the princess films remained popular throughout the 2000s. Even when there were hardly any new Disney princesses, plenty of Disney princess merchandise continued to sell. 
This seemed to make the company realize there were warm feelings toward Disney princesses, even if they weren't always deemed the perfect role models. And it eventually led to some new takes on the princess archetype that felt influenced by Belle. The most prominent is Rapunzel from Tangled. She has plenty of the usual princess trappings, a royal lineage, an evil mother figure, now I'm the bad guy being literally trapped in her home and starring in a story that's essentially a romance. But Rapunzel's specific circumstances force her to experience much of the world through books. Since she's being held captive by villainous Mother Gothel, Rapunzel is even more trapped than Belle, who at least has the freedom to move about her poor provincial town. You want to go outside? Uh, why, Rapunzel? Look at you, as fragile as a flower. In books, Rapunzel's only real source of information about the outside world help her awaken her curiosity and yearning for something more. So Like with Belle, her bookworm indoor kid tendencies mean that she's driven by that general desire to experience new things. Ugh, I want to see the floating lights! More than a desire for a handsome prince or a need to prove herself on the battlefield. The 90s saw several other non-Disney bookworm heroines who were developing around the same time as Belle. Roald Dahl's character Matilda first appeared in his 1988 book of the same name, and the movie followed after Beauty and the Beast in 1996. In both the book and the film, Matilda gets her power from her intelligence, and she feeds her intelligence by reading whatever she can get her hands on. Matilda walked the ten blocks to the library and devoured one book after another. Like Belle, Matilda is trapped in a hostile, small-minded environment, in her case by wicked biological parents who do not understand her or care about her in any way. I'm smart, you're dumb. I'm big, you're little. I'm right, you're wrong. And there's nothing you can do about it. So reading is the key to her escape, both as a small child desperate to learn about more than her family's obsessions with money and television. Why would you want to read when you got the television set sitting right in front of you? There's nothing you can get from a book that you can't get from a television faster. And eventually as a girl ready to take control of her life. Though Matilda's genius level intelligence eventually manifests as a kind of X-Men style superpower, that grows out of a frustration that sufficient books, learning, and nurturing are able to eventually soothe. When she's offered an environment that encourages her reading and pursuit of knowledge, she no longer needs her superpower. And Matilda never had to use her powers again. Well, I mean almost never. And of course, the most notable bookworm princess character of the 90s may be Lisa Simpson, whose character was coming into greater focus right around the time Beauty and the Beast was released. Though The Simpsons began as a show principally about brash bad boy Bart Simpson and his bumbling, dim-witted father Homer, Don't! as the animation sitcom developed, some of its most memorable episodes centered on the struggles of a girl who also feels oppressed by her family and hometown, and escapes by feeding her mind with books and the humanities. A copy of Ethan Frome to call my own. Since their 90s heyday, bookworm heroes like Belle, Lisa, and Matilda have influenced a number of characters. One of the most Belle-like princesses in a non-Disney fairy tale is Danielle, Drew Barrymore's character in the Cinderella retelling Ever After. Pick one. I could no sooner choose a favorite star in the heavens. Though Danielle's love of reading doesn't get as much attention as Belle's, it's a major part of her backstory that she inherited a love of the written word from her father who died young. When I was young, my father would stay up late and read to me. He was addicted to the written word, and I suppose they remind me of him. Like past versions of Cinderella, Danielle is oppressed by her unfortunate circumstances. But more like Belle, Danielle has been able to turn to books in her times of need to help her gain a greater understanding of the world, or how the world could be. Utopia was the last book he brought home. Which explains why he quoted. 
The movie pointedly alters a recognizable detail from earlier Cinderella stories when Danielle feels her greatest anguish not from the destruction of a dress, but of a book her father gave her. Other modern bookworm princess figures do not have to come from or marry into royal lineage. Muggle-born Hermione Granger from the Harry Potter books and movies is shown to be an unusually perceptive and skillful young witch because of how much she loves and respects the knowledge she derives from reading. I checked this out weeks ago, Forbidden Light Reading. This. Is light. Even further from the realms of fantasy are teenage characters like Gilmore Girls' Rory Gilmore or Lara Jean from To All the Boys series, both avid readers who show that young women don't have to be positioned as fierce warriors to be worthy of their own feminist ideals. Academic achievement is important to Rory Gilmore, and it's part of her independence and sense of self. I can't believe we get to sit around and talk about books and get graded on it. I mean, there's almost nothing I like more than talking about a good book or a a bad book, or a really thick magazine. Lara Jean arguably takes the bookworm type even further. To All the Boys author Jenny Han has spoken about trying to honor the perspective of a character who likes staying home. Though Lara Jean's character arc over the To All the Boys trilogy does eventually have her going further out into the world and taking more chances, her indoor kid tendencies are not portrayed as something she needs to overcome or leave behind, just something she needs to augment with some other experiences. I've been thinking about this moment since I started reading romance novels. My very first date. Not so dissimilar to what happens with Belle. The Belle-influenced Tangled helped redefine the Disney princess in the 2010s, alongside the Princess and the Frog, Frozen, and Moana. I'm not a princess. If you wear a dress and you have an animal sidekick, you're a princess. Frozen in particular made it clear just how incredibly popular the Disney princess could still be, and the film offered two different princess varieties in one movie. Sheltered but enthusiastic Anna, who, like Belle or Rapunzel, has developed bravery and a willingness to fight for those she cares about, despite growing up in a life of relative confinement. I've started talking to the pictures on the walls. Also, like Belle, she's neither a fierce warrior princess nor a passive dressmaker, with some indoor kid qualities, like a desire to stay home and play charades. Grizzly bear! Uh, monster! Brown bear! Angry face! Black bear! Anna is more social and handsome prince-oriented than Belle, though she too ends up in a slow-burn romance. Meanwhile, there's the super-powered Elsa, a sympathetic princess version of a wicked witch figure, who shares Belle's sense of alienation at being surrounded by more limited people who don't understand her and dreams to head into the unknown for something bigger. Into the Even when Disney makes fun of itself, like in the Comfy Squad princess scene from Ralph Breaks the Internet, the concept of leaving behind fancy dresses in favor of lounging around slumber party style bends toward Belle's version of femininity. Well, there's a lot to unpack here. These days, the studio seems to be moving away from princess stories again, though as they did with Pocahontas and Mulan in the 90s, they are still often focusing on female characters who function as de facto princesses, like Raya from Raya and the Last Dragon and Mirabelle from Encanto. What do you see? I see... me. In a post-Frozen world that also happens to be dominated by Marvel and DC superheroes, the princess tropes are often merged with superhero tropes, where characters' initial oppression can come from not knowing how to use their powers, rather than being trapped in a more common, realistic, repressive situation. It's notable that Encanto's Mirabelle feels ordinary and overlooked because she doesn't have magic powers like the rest of her family does. Oh, Mirabel didn't get one. You didn't get a gift? 
a condition that would not seem unusual at all for princesses of the 90s or earlier. In this world that suddenly expects a more powerful form of princess, there's less emphasis on the subtler, more intangible, less quantifiable gifts the bookworm princess offers. Disney and other studios have progressed away from a character like Belle, who isn't as bold a leader or a fighter. And while it's very on-trend to have younger female characters show interest in STEM, like Phoebe from the recent Ghostbusters movie, there still aren't as many characters who specifically embrace the humanities, rather than equating intelligence with only math, science, tech, and engineering. The bookworm princess just doesn't always get the respect and screen time she deserves in such a STEM-focused superhero-centric world. But characters like Lisa Simpson, Hermione Granger, Rory Gilmore, and Belle proved how valuable the qualities that come from reading are, even if our world undervalues them. As writers and filmmakers reckon with what it really means to be a nerd these days, it's time to remember that the bookworm princess hero still has plenty to teach us. But you've read it twice! Well, it's my favorite! Far off places, daring sword fights, magic spells, a prince in disguise! <laughs> This is the take on your favorite movie shows and pop culture. Thanks for watching, and don't forget to subscribe.